Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Man, what a fucking Super Bowl that was. Very okay. little very little flags, you know, uh-huh. clean game. Referee Carl Sheffers pitching a perfect game out there seemingly. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he fucked it all up on one call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking today, like, Chiefs fans obviously don't care. But literally at the end of both games, there was a questionable call that put them, in, like, clearly in field goal range to yes. win the game. Yeah, and again, so I don't think either game that is the reason they won, but they were basically handed a very, very easy field goal opportunity in both games. It, it's not an asterisk for them, but it's an asterisk for like everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> and know? again, like I think both were probably penalties by the letter of the law, but again, there's a you just don't make that call in that time. No, you don't. Um, and it just yeah. sucked the air out of what was an amazing game between the two best teams. I'll say it. The two best teams, they're both the one seeds. And it just, man, like what a sour way to end that. And I just can't imagine what the city of Philadelphia was was like last night. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> oh, man, I should have asked Mario. Um, and I should have known this was going to happen because there was an omen, um, you know, oh. an omen of fuckery because we were I'm pulling for the Eagles. So I go to Value Market to get stuff for our little Super Bowl shindig, which was fun. We had Mama's Barbecue here in Louisville, which you'll have to try. Hell yeah. It's it's widely considered the best, like, wings, and okay. I will attest to that. Okay, I think I remember you mentioning it one time when we were Yeah, yeah, it, it was excellent. So, you know, I decided to go get, like, some chips and salsa and a dessert and some beer and, you know, all the Super Bowl trapping. So um, um, I go into Value Market in a little cart, and this cart apparently has, like, a back. Like, you have, like, the top tray. And then the bottom tray of the cart, the top tray of the cart has this back that you have to push down. Otherwise, the back's completely open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know yeah, which what you're is talking about. Yeah, yeah. So you know, either I wasn't paying attention, but what I'm going to choose to believe is the design is bullshit, mm. and I uh, wasn't supposed to be looking out for that. But uh, anywho, I go find a jar of salsa. Oh no! And I get that, and I go get a jar of queso, and I've got all the stuff, and I'm pushing the cart, and then all of a sudden the jar of salsa falls out and shatters. <laughs> I figured that's where you were. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what? how the fuck does this work? I put that in. And, and then this guy was like, how did it happen? And I was like, well, it fell to the back of the cart. And the, I didn't know to put the fucking thing down. Who thinks to put the thing down? Like, why is there a thing that goes up? Like, why would you ever need that? You know, like, oh, like, what man. are you putting in there? You know, that's going to require you to pull the back out of the top tray. Anyway, they were nice about it and they cleaned it up. I get my stuff. Um, I have to walk back because I left my car at my cousin's two nights before and I just hadn't driven it. And I'm like, well, I got to walk half a mile with like heavy groceries. So I turn the corner down the street, get ready to go down there. And I'm about, I don't know, like a minute away from my car. Then all of a sudden I hear another shatter. And it's the thing of queso. (laughs) Just on the sidewalk. Bust through the bag or what? It did. It did. It bust through the bag. Yeah. Oh, so, that's great. So, so I went and got a better thing of queso at this liquor store I stopped by. Um, at Old Town. Old Town had a really nice thing of queso. Si- clean up the sidewalk? Uh, I was just mad enough. I just took off. I was just no, like, I'm all just, right, goodbye. Yeah. 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 But uh, oh. but yeah, you know, that was that was a that was an omen that the team I wanted to win was likely not going to win, but you know. Well, I think that's good right there.
Let's do it. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 97. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Zup, zup, what's up? How are we doing? Zup, zup, yeah. zup. Uh, Speaking of Super Bowl commercials, remember which I think was the Super Bowl commercial, the Budweiser, the was you know. Of course, yeah. That everybody said back when I the was dark, in elementary The Dark school. Order was busting that one out recently You're on like being one. the elite. Yeah. Really? It's tight. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, what's up? We're Not live. Like, we're live. I guess. Not a lot. Met a busy weekend. You know, working on stuff. Um, I took today off work just because I had, you know, a lot of other little things to do. Um, I went to the zoo today, though, sort of as sort of my breather, um, and that was a lot of fun. It was oh, a beautiful yeah. day for it. The animals. Many of the animals were popping off. Got some good. What was your it, favorite animal? Well, I mean, this was kind of hard to beat, but the very first one, the orangutan, was like up on the glass, like you know, oh, like wow. people were putting their hands on it, and he was kind of mimicking you know the the um the stuff here's a fucking sick picture i took oh wow nice so yeah that that definitely was hard to beat just because that was just right in the beginning and super interactive so how long were you there two and a half hours i would say okay yeah that's a pretty pretty healthy amount of time at the zoo yeah the louisville zoo is a smaller one you know it's a pretty pretty easy to get around i've never been oh it's good it's you know you can get around it in two to three hours just depending on your walking speed and you know pace and how much you're stopping and how long you're stopping for i mean definitely smarter than the cincinnati zoo for sure yeah yeah Yeah. for sure for sure well uh we kind of hinted at it in the old uh cold open here but i figure uh you know obviously our Bengals had been uh making a playoff run so we kind of had some football talk uh early in the show here so we figured we'd wrap that up with the super bowl 57 Mm -hmm. um and yeah obviously the uh questionable penalty call at the end aside hell of a ball game and uh just hell of a night you know with a few buddies watching the tilt having a lot of laughs having a good time but uh yeah what'd you think of that game i mean I guess it was pretty standard as games go. I think, you know, pretty good quarterback play from Hertz and Mahomes, you know, like pretty elite on that level. Um, you know, like do, not really going to stick out on like greatest, most epicest Super Bowls. You know, actually, if you think about the past few ones, I feel like, you know, like the Bengals one obviously had a lot more intrigue with us. And yeah. then before that, that was like the big Tom Brady one, which like that was crazy. And then, and then the one the, before that was like that terrible Patriots. Oh, it was Rams. Chiefs and Niners. Chiefs. And oh, Niners. okay. And then Patriots Rams was before that, which yes, that is was bad. that was the game for the halftime Heat 2019 uh, match that we will be reviewing here shortly. Because I was thinking, like, I know I watched this live at halftime, and I looked up the game, and I'm like, oh yeah, it was that game. It was three nothing at half. And Maroon 5 was the halftime. Oh, yeah. We were at Addie's. So, yeah, I remember we had a group there and we watched that NXT match that we'll be talking about. But, yeah, that was definitely a halftime show that was skippable, Very. especially with how shitty that game was. Too. Oh, yeah, it was a bad one. And then the one before that was uh, the Eagles beating the Patriots, Which I was believe. pretty classic. Yeah, yeah obviously. So, so- 
So it definitely wasn't down with those low ones, but again, kind of a, a mid Super Bowl, I would it say. Had, it, I would put it a little above mid, but mm-hmm. I, again, I think that that penalty at the end definitely took the air out. But like, imagine, you know, the if it would have gone to overtime, real like it could have gone to overtime. It could have, yeah. Like, and I mean, that would have kind of because there's only been one Super Bowl go to overtime, exactly, so that would have yeah. put it in rarefied air and stuff. But uh, yeah, I thought. Um, you know, in terms of like receiving and like throwing the ball, this was good. Like, especially with the Chiefs. Like, I don't know, like, if it was scheme or something like that, but their receivers were just open all the fucking time, and like the Eagles were mostly too. So it was an exciting game in the air. I thought, yeah, a lot of points. Um, yeah, you know, Hertz obviously was running around a lot and had those mm-hmm. three rushing touchdowns, and I mean that fumble that he had though is ultimately obviously what cost him the game. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Eagles really kind of dominated for two and a half quarters it seemed like um but yeah those damn chiefs yep it's it's a conspiracy oh my god (laughs) whenever people do that just foil ass shit no i know it's just always like it always just bugs me it's just like come on you know like i actually did see something on facebook today that was really dumb from a Bengals perspective and i hate to just trash them it was I think it was this, it was this girl, this picture of her, it was from like a larger Bengals account. And I think she was in Phoenix and she had a t-shirt on that had the Super Bowl 57 logo here. And it said, we should, then it had the B, then it said here. And I'm just like, when are you ever going to want to wear that shirt? Yeah. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, like it's good for like the moment we lost until now. And then after that, it's, it's, and why are you going, why are you paying all that money to go to the Super Bowl when your team isn't in it? Right. And and if you bought tickets, you know, thinking that the Bengals would go, which like, that's fine and all, but like sell sell that shit, sell that shit. You'll make (laughs) way more money. Yeah. Yeah, Way more money than you originally bought them for. I would imagine. Then for coming and making this statement by wearing that shirt that you think is cool. That's not. Womp 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 but it was a heck of a heck of a season overall mm. and uh i guess we're officially in the off season we now are. and uh some big quarterbacks kind of up in the air lamar rogers i mean jimmy g Carr, jimmy g yeah. the, the lowest of them but you know i think there's definitely going to be some some changes this coming off season and i oh, mean for sure um all around the league and then with the Bengals. Well, we should hopefully have mostly everyone back. Obviously, Jesse Bates, Jermaine Pratt, both the two big names on defense that'll likely go. Um, Mixon, I think, should be cut. Just obviously, he wasn't nearly as effective this year, and he's very expensive. And it, someone like Pacheco was a seventh round pick, and he's just out there dominating. I mean, it just goes to show like you can find running backs anywhere and you don't need to pay them a lot of money but uh, no yeah but the big question will be you know when the borough contract extension gets done you know how much that's worth and uh hopefully we can continue to bring back t and jamar going forward but uh, i think next year you know the window is still wide fucking oh yeah yeah for sure no reason we shouldn't be right at the top of the afc again with the chiefs and bills i presume Mm -hmm. um but yeah, fun year. I mean, it's just fun being good. Holy shit! And having that like con- sense of continuity. Yeah, you know, exactly. which which the Bengals have never had, even in the '80s. I feel like you know, in the Marvin years, you kind of had it, but like it was this continuity level, enough to be good enough to make the postseason, but yeah. never good enough 
clearly to ever win a playoff game. Yeah, yeah, or to advance, you know, yeah, yeah, or to have like championship expectations. Correct, um, for sure. Um, I guess um, the periphery surrounding the Super Bowl, the commercials and stuff. You know, one thing I did notice this year, and I don't know if they did this last year, but the movie trailers that they show aren't the actual trailers. They're like, here's a couple of shots, and then go online and watch the trailer. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah. We got Michael Keaton back as Batman. Yeah, we got Indiana Jones, <laughs> yeah. who's eighty, and then uh, there, there weren't. There's a Transformers one, the Fast and the Furious one, the Jack Harlow Doritos commercial. Oh was yeah, pretty, that was one of the better that. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that, that was one I, I forgot about. Um, we laughed at that Sylvester Stallone one when he was like the mountain and he was like dangling off himself. I don't know. It was silly, but funny yeah. but yeah overall the commercials are always overhyped and never really that good but yeah what do you think of the halftime show as we uh get into right before we get into some halftime heat here it was decent i mean um i don't know i i don't really have too strong of an opinion on it you know like she seemed to you know this is her first show in a really long time yeah i didn't realize that yeah it was her first show in like it, five years and she's pre- and she's pretty pregnant you yeah. know um <laughs> yeah. so like obviously there were those you know, uh, challenges, you know, the, the, um, you know, with it, but, uh, you know, the, and the, the, the platforms were kind of good. And then the, I know it's a meme now, but the dancers like, you yeah. know, and there were a lot of people involved in that thing. Yeah. Um, and usually I feel like in the past when it's like a rock band, they let, they have like certain fans that get to like come out yeah, and yeah. be there. And they didn't have that for this. This was the whole, the whole I field was fine was, with that. Yeah. Yeah. I was fine with that too. So, you know, I think it was, solid you know yeah. this it isn't gonna make me want to go out and like become a big rihanna buff <laughs> you know but um but no i still thought you know she's she's down a good it seemed good you know it yeah. seemed to be a fun aesthetically together performance you yeah know? i quite yeah. enjoyed it i mean i'm not like head over heels that was the best thing i've ever seen but yeah i thought it was very good entertaining um it was simple in the fact that you know there wasn't a whole bunch of just props and shit cgi yeah platforms and dancers and they were moving from where they move and yeah obviously she's got a ton of hits i mean she probably crammed in a medley of what eight to ten songs and i think i I knew almost all of them and i don't really listen to rihanna but yeah Mm -hmm. she's she had that presence no doubt um yeah i thought it was really good yeah um impressed but speaking of halftime, we're going to talk about uh, the two times that the World Wrestling Federation slash entertainment put on what they called Halftime Heat, which first started January 31st, 1999, which the show was called Sunday Night Heat, which is why, hence Halftime Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we have The Rock defending the WWF championship, which he'd won one week prior at the Royal Rumble against Mankind in an empty arena match. Obviously, as you heard Vince McMahon say on commentary a million times, history making, very historic. Uh, But yeah, it was the first time seeing an empty arena match like that. And you had not seen that before, correct? Not, um, I guess. I know I told you. Outside of like covid you know, empty arenas, you know, or are you talking uh, well, about yeah, this in event? 1999? Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. No, happened. no, I'd never seen yeah. that before at all. No. no. Well, uh, what'd you think? 
I thought it was great. You know, yeah, I thought this was awesome. a lot of fun. I didn't think they'd spend like a title change on that, even though was this a pay-per-view or did could people just turn on USA? No, yeah, this was just it was Sunday night heat. So yeah, it was just their Sunday night hour long show on USA mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay. So that means like, you know, I guess to have a big match or a title change in that you know, um, would be good because then that would just give people more reason to just flip it, you know, exactly. to flip, yeah, to flip it over, have it on another TV. If you got two TVs going on, I mean, in 1999, that was kind of unheard of really. Yeah. But again, so, at the time, like coming yeah. off where rock beat mankind for the title one week prior controversially, because yep. it was an, I quit match and rock just used a recording of mankind saying, I quit. So that was the thing. Like there was already this robust story. And I mentioned Mm -hmm. to you, this was coming off, you know, two months after Survivor Series 98, which we reviewed in full with Vincent Kennedy McMahon uh, Mm -hmm. a little over a year ago. So this was still right in that era of Vince screwing mankind and he and The Rock, you know, being this corporate tandem, so to speak. So right. There's a lot of history there already. So if you're a fan at this time, hell yeah, you're watching. And I know I watched it at the time when I was probably, what, 10 years old. But uh, yeah, sorry, I kind of cut you off. But uh, any any specific highlights that stood out for you? I mean, I wrote down a handful of notes. But yeah, just I think from the moment go, just very, very entertaining stuff. Oh, it was. Well, th- well, The Rock literally talked the entire time. Yeah. He, he, like, 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 literally everything in food. He's like, "Oh, you like cotton candy? Oh, here's some cotton candy. Oh, here's some cotton candy for your candy ass. You had that. Yeah. And you had um, you know, um, you, you like popcorn? You fat fuck. You yeah. know, and, and not too fuck, much salt. Too much salt. And yeah, yeah, when he threw him on that sauce, and it was just <laughs> didn't, didn't he put like a big like roll in his mouth? You yeah. know, and and then he you know yeah he like, like rubbed the roll on the sauce, took the bite, and then he's like, it's too mild, and then he kicked yeah. him or something. L- literally every single prop that was on, whether it was the garbage kid, oh yeah, you you <laughs> like garbage on you, piece of monkey trash, yeah yeah, to the phone and the office, like like literally like he yep. had like a running commentary yep. on everything, which I like mean, and he literally got on commentary at one point, yeah he did the headset on, and I loved that because like. Vince is standing there just loving every second of it. And then you just see Mr. Sacco pop up in the yeah. background. <laughs> and then he puts it in and you just literally hear him on the headset. Going, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Like it was really just a running commentary from the rock from the whole show. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Man. But yeah, that, that was j- j- just kind of like, he must be somebody who like, you know, if you forget what you're supposed to do, or if you need someone to help, like, you know, he can kind of pretty easily with like just being able to like talk his way through it, you oh, know, yeah. be able to fill the negative space. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I thought it was, you know, a great match, you know, like, like, like for, you know, being outside of the ring and stuff, it seemed like, you know, they went from, you know, the ring and then they had the announcer's table, and then they went up the stairs, the concession stand to the kitchen, you know, it had like a good Catering, progression. In- kitchen, office, yeah. What well, it's like they made sure to use like every little bit of the mm-hmm. space as well. Yeah, and it never felt repetitive because of that. Yeah. So another thing Rock did was in that moment where he was saying it's mild, too much salt, he picked up a squash nope. and he's like, Rock doesn't even know what this is, and then threw it right down. <laughs> <laughs> um I got a kick out of Shane Mc- when they would cut to Shane McMahon and Kevin Kelly in the arena. Shane's just all fired up. And, and what was the deal with that? Were they just in a different arena watching? Yeah, the they Super were Bowl having or? an actual show in a full arena, and then mm-hmm. this was a match on that show in an empty arena. So, okay. like, so the start of that broadcast, 
it's like a 46 minute episode is live in the arena with fans. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing like, like after this halftime heat match, they probably just still had some like dark matches and shit, but yeah, oh, like, they yeah, were so. having a real full show mm-hmm. with this show happening. I don't even know where it was, but was clearly... it taped, but it was, was it taped or not? I would guess so, but I'm not sure. I'm really, okay. I, I don't remember, but uh, gotcha. Yeah, so obviously Vince even coming out and doing commentary was unique because he was fully entrenched as the Mr. McMahon character at this point and never did commentary anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was unique because you got to hear him like do his announcer voice because he wasn't acting like the Vince McMahon that we would normally see on screen, but the yeah. old Vince McMahon announcer. But he was obviously being biased. But he called mankind deranged a lot of times. He's like, how could you want that freak to represent you as a champion <laughs> and shit like that? Mm-hmm. Um, he said mankind at one point had a lucky kick out after a one count. <laughs> yeah, lucky kick out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> at one point, Vince was like, what kind of championship match is this? It's like, you booked it, motherfucker. Right, right. There's like little things like that geeked me out. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see anything. Oh, when they, so they get to the office. We hadn't really talked too much about that. Well, one thing I loved, he kept telling the ref, he's like, no, you're roll. And like, he'd say that and like, come on, follow me. But then they mm-hmm. get to the office. Obviously, Smackdown Hotel, corner of No Your Roll Boulevard and Jabroni Drive. And then, he's, you know, mankind's a little busy. His mouth is full with the rock's foot. And then Vince <laughs> starts geeking. Yep. Like, no, mankind can't talk right now. He's a little tied up as he's tying mm. the cord around him. But then my yep. favorite part was like the woman in the office. Oh, yeah, just standing there. And, and then rocks. I, didn't, I, I, I couldn't tell whether she was supposed to look scared or like into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, all, yeah, the, what tell. stuck out for me was the rock at the end just called her a big fat piece of trash. Yeah, he did. He's like, get stepping. <laughs> get stepping. Uh, oh, and did you notice? So then we go out to the loading dock and we're getting towards the finish here. Um, Mankind puts the mandible claw on him underneath a forklift. And then Mankind says, you're going to love this. And then Vince calls him a Cretan. A Cretan. Yeah, he does call him a Cretan. He's like, what kind of Cretan is this man? I figured mm-hmm. you'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, then he gets in the forklift, lowers the pallet of kegs on top of the rock, and makes the pin for the win. Obviously, is unique. a very yeah. unique finish there as well. But, uh, yeah, this was awesome. And I, you know, obviously watched it live, and it's seen it multiple times since. But it's been a while. And, uh, yeah, this was a ton of fun to go back and revisit. Yeah, no, I thought this was, you know, very entertaining. And, like, so this was happening at halftime of the Super Bowl, right? Correct. So, like, Sunday night heat obviously would have started early because it's, like, 27 minutes into the broadcast. So, I think they literally timed this up for, like, exactly when halftime hit. Gotcha. You flip on, and that's probably when, like, Vince and The Rock are walking to the ring. Gotcha. I wonder what was the halftime show that people missed. This was the Super Bowl in 1999, right? Yeah. I actually – I did see it earlier. What was it? This is when the Broncos beat the Falcons. That's right. In Super Bowl 33. And it was Cher. No, Cher is no, the. the um, I've got Gloria Estefan, Stevie Wonder, and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Probably would have been all right. You know, <laughs> you know, I was wondering if it was going to be one of those real shitty ones. So it's like a big shoe in, you know, for missing it. Yeah. You know, like the next year that was Christina Aguilera, Tony Braxton, Phil Collins, and Elber, Edward James almost. What? He was in it? That's so bizarre. Anywho. 
Yeah, good, good stuff. So then, yeah, they did it again in 2019, this time with NXT. And, yeah, we talked about earlier, the game sucked. It was Maroon 5, so, you know, I frankly didn't care too much about that. So we did watch this one live, too. Obviously, a pretty different match here entirely. Um, You know, NXT early 2019, so you've heard me say it before, 2018 NXT was some of the best shit I've seen. So this was still NXT was very hot here. So we had, um, it was Alistair Black, Ricochet, and the Velveteen Dream, who I want to get to because I don't know if you even know about this guy. I, I don't know. I figured not against the current champion at that time, Tommaso Ciampa, the North American champion, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole. So yeah, real quickly about Velveteen Dream. Yeah, obviously the uh, these other five guys are still pretty big stars today in wrestling, and he's not. So he was a rising star. He was very young. He was really good in NXT, but he basically, he was like grooming like 15 year old boys, essentially Ooh, like weird. sending them DMS on Twitter and Velveteen dream and a lot of like mm. weird shit like that. Like, I don't know if it was actual, like, and I don't think there was any like sexual assault or anything, but like just bad shit that he was mixed up in and i think there were a lot of people that continued to come forward right it took him a while they eventually fired him like they still used him for a bit and people are like and it like it just it did kind of suck watching him knowing just how bad of a guy he is and like he was so great but you just can't really watch him with that same frame of mind back then when he was you know doing it and no one knew about that but yeah And then allegedly another wrestler claimed that at a party he'd had that Dream had like put his phone somewhere hidden in the bathroom and like recording people using the bathroom. So like patterns of inappropriate behavior and stuff with underage boys, you know, not not a good look, but Mm -hmm. fuck him. You know, that's that's shitty. So it um, is. Yeah. But anyway, just I figured you did not know who that was. And I didn't. I did not know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even the tip of the iceberg there. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> That's why you hadn't heard anything about him because he's yeah. pretty much just been, you know, no one talks about the guy anymore because he's a piece of shit. So, yeah. um, but anyway, uh, this was just a classic, just six man, ta- you know, felt like it could have been a dynamite opener just a or a trios title match now, like just very high intensity, mm-hmm. fast paced, everyone getting their shit in. You know, it's like, all right, we got 15 minutes. Let's just go play the hits, everyone. That's pretty much kind of what it was. But before we kind of get into it and I get your thought, I think, did Alistair Black stick out to you here as just like a different level than we've seen in AEW? Because I'm like, man, we just hadn't seen anything close. He was flying everywhere, like oh yeah, like so it, fast, so smooth, incredible it, strike. Like he stood out more than anyone to me in this match. I think like he yeah. looked amazing. Yeah, his his stuff is so much more character based now, with yeah. like the the ominousness and the you know like the lights go out and here I am, and then yeah. splitting the black mist on people. Like this was a lot more just wrestling centric. So yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think from that perspective, you know, something is missing in AEW. Yeah, for damn for sure. sure. Yeah, so just in general, I mean, like I said, it's kind of your classic six-man tags, flippy spot fest, but uh, let's hear your take on the match. Yeah, I mean, like, it was kind of funny watching this after the um, 1999 yeah. one, just because it's like watching it on fast forward, 
you know um i thought it was funny that people were booing adam cole i guess maybe he was a heel then but every time yeah you know all, all, all that bay bay stuff everyone he was him. probably the biggest heel in the match in terms of the crowd reactions oh him, for or, sure. him or champa for sure yeah but. yeah um but no i thought this was just extremely exciting and fast-paced and and, and and great you know like i think all these guys had their space to really shine for sure um, for, it yeah. was very like blocked out and structured well mm-hmm. in that way yeah no completely i completely agree yeah um again i've got some notes here um i don't know there was just so much shit that happened and so much stuff quick mm-hmm. that happened but yep. uh towards the end um we had Cole hit that. Or, so let's just start at the moment when they were all six in the ring together. Because obviously yeah, yeah. a lot of shit had happened. And then you have this cool moment where they're all kind of fighting each other in the ring. And then they step back and separate. And it's like three on three. They're looking at each other. And then they charge and have like the hockey fight. So it's called where everyone's just swinging. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that kind of was like a reset of like, okay, we're headed to the finish here. Mm. Um, then gargano hit a reverse rana like it went crazy here where i couldn't even keep up with it but we had a reverse rana by gargano a big knee by black a clothesline by champa the the dream he and dream that flip over the the dream driver is that what they called it that's coming up but then cole hit that panama sunrise on ricochet Mm -hmm. which looked awesome it did yeah ricochet also looked fucking oh yeah that's that was the the other thing i was gonna kind of say in my initial thoughts like because it seems like everyone complains that he gets buried on the wwe hasn't been he hasn't been under triple h but he most definitely was before yeah no i feel like that guy would really fit in like an aew and really thrive there yeah like mm -hmm. i'm just happy he's been getting used again granted recently it's been in a tag team with your boy braun Strowman, but um really uh, yeah, <laughs> but he recently had an awesome match with Gunther. He won the SmackDown World Cup that mm-hmm. they were having during the World Cup. But yeah, mm-hmm. I did want to mention Ricochet as well. And I watched a match of his from New Japan against Kota Ibushi from 2014 recently that I'd seen before. But it, like watching both of these matches in the last week, I'm like, man, Ricochet's fucking awesome. No, like we, I'll have to show you some more of his stuff. But yeah, he definitely stood out as well. And then Ricochet was alone with all three. They triple super kicked him when he was down on his knees. Um, and then it's seemingly you're going to get a three count. And then Alistair Black dove from out of nowhere off camera to break it up. I thought that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, that was tight. And then Dream like barely like tags in and he's kind of like falling down. And then he takes on all three guys. He ends up getting double super kicked. And yeah, this is where I lost track, but I I think I covered a lot of it. Black comes in, Cole inadvertently super kicks Champa. Gargano's hit with the black mask kick, which man, it just looked so devastating in this when uh Alistair's kick, that spinning heel kick that he hit. Right, for sure. Then we have uh the dream driver on Champa. Cole's super kick is caught, and then he's hit with the black mask, dream driver, and the purple rainmaker elbow for the win. And Velveteen Dream gets the pin. pin. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the one person I didn't. Which I know. thought that was interesting. Of course, they were setting him up for a title match with Champa, I believe. Yeah. Like, did he ever get called. it? No. Or, or, no. Okay, gotcha. He might have won the North American belt at one point, but he was never NXT champ. He certainly would have been if he. Yep. Uh, if he would have stayed out of trouble or not been a fucking weirdo creep. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, there was a bunch of other shit before that, but. Nothing of a consequence. It was just, like I said, 
Very fun. Flippy spot fest. Great action. Fast. For and sure. good shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess shall we roll into our ad here? Yeah, let's do it. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner tomorrow, or probably today when this episode comes out. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer... Go to manscaped.com and use the code BBB for 20% off and free shipping. Tell them more, buddy. All right. Um, here's why clean balls are so important on Valentine's Day. The holidays, you know, they go by so quickly. But do you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job, such as the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped. Uh, it's the thing every guy needs in their life to make sure each and every day is a little bit more special. Of course, the number one product here is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this. The trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls, and it even has a 400K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention it's waterproof too? I don't think I did. Um, I'd like to propose making February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Balls Day. Hey, that's today. That's today, yeah. Who's with me? I think all, all members of Congress will. <laughs> Once they listen to this ad, uh, I think this is the one holiday that men and women can get behind. Huh. huh. Um, this package also includes the weed whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer, to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts the shed travel bag and anti chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably. They also have the boxers 2.0, which are really nice. Here, I've uh, got a pair right here, actually. From it does, yeah. Show them off. Yeah. And, to, and to complete the perfect package for your package are liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviner Ball Toner. Start your day off with the deodorant for your boys. Then stay cool all day with toner to keep you feeling your best all day and night. And these formulations will also have your balls smelling like a king on the big day. And don't forget to smell good not only around your balls but all over. Made with their signature scent, the Manscaped Refined Cologne will complement your collection with smell perfection. They also have the refined scent in their body wash, which I, um, which I have, and it's really, really nice. Yes, um, uh, I think also, uh, let's mention the beard. Uh, Here's the, the body wash. Here's the body wash. Yeah, and yeah, here is nice. the beard hedger right beard here. Hedger. Brand new product here. Great beard trimmer. I'm going to be using it here this week for sure. Yeah. yeah, just a hell of a product. Lots of different settings. and uh, Yeah, get it today. Yeah, get it today. I've got um, all Mans- the Manscaped stuff in this room, baby. Yeah, yeah, you know, they created their products for a night just like this and will make your V-Day date say, wow, great set of balls you have there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> really, they will. Really fitting after a whole conversation about Velveteen Dream. But anywho. <laughs> 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 all right, uh, call us to action. Oh, man, that's good. Merci- mer- mercifully. Yeah, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. You know it. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code BBB. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped. <laughs> yeah. That's, those will be the shots that are taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, your balls will thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot your arrow, you know. All right. Um, 
Dynamite. Uh, yeah, Dynamite's been on a hell of a run lately. Um, I feel pretty much all of 2023 has been very strong week after week. It is, yeah, yeah. The build for Revolution is getting a little hotter now. We've officially got our championship match in place, and it's going to be a fascinating one with Danielson's victory over Roosh and what was an outstanding match that we'll be getting to. Yes. He will now be officially challenging Max while Jacob Freeman for the AEW World Championship in a 60-minute Iron Man match. The first of its kind in AEW. We had a 30-minute Iron Man match in February of 2020 between Kenny Omega and Pac that was outstanding. Going to be fascinating. Like I know MJF can do it. The guy's in great shape. I mean, he had he went like 40 minutes with Punk on Dynamite in their first match in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating, man. I can't wait. And obviously, we'll get more into it. But, uh, For sure. Yeah, just another great show, and we kicked it off with a banger itself with uh, MJF's first match of 2023, actually. Well, since since Ricky Starks. Yeah, which was like sometime right before Christmas, I feel, either right before or right after Christmas was that first title defense. But uh, yeah, he takes on my boy, Konosuke Takeshita, after... uh, Takeshita had uh, assaulted him um, in the the rampway last week after he was attacking Brian Danielson. But uh, yeah, this was fucking sweet. Um, great matchup here. Takeshita came out hot right out of the gate, but then quickly uh, MJF was working that arm and working that arm and Takeshita was selling it like crazy. Um, but yeah, I thought this match ruled. What about you? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think this was, you know, like just a big hard hitting, you know, like like real like once again, all these um, matches with Tagesta are just huge talent showcases for yes. him. Yes, you know, even like though he all- hasn't won one of these big ones yet, like he like we've yeah. said, he always comes off looking great, and the crowd loves. Oh him, yeah, so. yeah, and, and I think a match with MJF is especially a good one for this because yeah. um, MJF is gonna like get like low blows in and stuff like, and up until those submissions, the salt of the earths um, yep. at the end. Um, you know, it was a lot of just MJF like cheat moves and then um, Takeshita getting like the really, really big, um, you know, big spots, I think. Yeah. So I think this was an especially good one for his star to shine. Um, but of course, everyone knew he was going to kind of take the L, but that didn't make it any less impressive on his end. Yeah, I mean, it was still incredibly exciting and he had some big near falls where like, you know, maybe two percent of me is like, oh, can he do it? Can he do it? Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. another moment I loved was when. MJF hit that move where he like gets him up like a power bomb and brings him down on his own knee. And then yeah, he yeah. immediately started selling his knees like, Oh shit. And then like, ah, yeah. so I liked that. I thought that was good. Uh, but yeah, just, I mean, as we've said many times to catch striking, it's just so vicious. Those right. jumping knees. Like I feel like he's jumping higher than anyone ever has that jumping like elbow. Mm-hmm. He did like in the beginning is always yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, just fucking great shit here. And, um, yeah, nice, uh, little tune up for MJF as he heads into this title match and, uh, certainly more to come from him here, uh, shortly, actually. Um, I don't know why my other computer, <laughs> I've got the recap up on the other computer and it's acting crazy right now. So I'm just going to pull this up on my phone. Yeah. Better. Good idea. 
because ever this computer is just out of it's like all it's like your old computer like when that dictionary would pop up and just oh like, with the keyboard just you know like random missing. shit is happening i've um, had to get on that a lot lately because i've had to dig up like i was talking about old graphic files and stuff oh yeah like i've had to dig up some old sample essays for teaching and i've had to get on that thing a good bit lately and yeah Okay, so I'm back here. So we had, after the match, uh, MJF put on the Dynamite Diamond Ring and beat the shit out of Takeshita with it, busted him open, and Danielson came down, and MJF scooted out of the way, as he always does. So um, we got a very brief promo backstage, or I think it was just a video package from the now-new-again reigning king of television, Samoa Joe. That's cool. Um, yeah, and then also kind of trash talking Wardlow. So clearly, we're going to get that one on because they never wrestled one on one. So mm -hmm. it will be interesting to see uh, if that belt moves again or, yeah, I don't know. But, no, um, that'll but, likely be a revolution thing, you think? I would guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at this yeah. point, like, and we'll talk about it as things happen, but I'm guessing this. Like Jericho and Starks, they're probably building towards that, even though we, you know, we have seen that match once. But I, the story that they're telling here seems like they're building towards the pay per view match. But, mm -hmm. well, okay, next, unfortunately, uh, I think this match was kind of cut short a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Jamie Hader versus the Bunny in a yeah. Eliminator match. Yeah, it was like right coming back from the commercial. Jamie hit her with like a belly to belly suplex and then another where she kind of like awkwardly dropped her. And then like very quickly after that, she hit the hater aid for the win. So it didn't seem that bad, but clearly when they go to the finish that quickly after a commercial, I'm guessing they probably called that early and maybe bunny, you know, did like land on her head bad or something, but it was a bummer because, I mean, it wasn't the best match in the world, but I thought right. it was entertaining. The Bunny's solid. I mean, she's no yep. Jamie Hayter or Sheeta or Tony Storm, but she she can wrestle. She's not bad. And, uh, yeah, I think they definitely called this one abrupt. Did you kind of get that sense as well? Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of the like coming out of the um, uh, picture in picture and the commercial break and stuff, I think made it seem exceptionally that way. So I think it was just, just bad timing all around with that. But, yeah, I thought it, it seemed very – very abrupt especially for being like second on the card yeah know? and i think it only i don't have it pulled up but i think it only went like six minutes and change which i bet it was probably supposed to get you know eight or nine if i had yeah. to guess but yeah hopefully bunny's okay and uh um yeah we'll just leave it at that <laughs> um so Oh, okay, then they went to the Soraya and Tony Storm, and they're just calling everyone losers and spray painting green owls on. <laughs> Who, who's that? Who did they do? Oh, that Leva to? Bates. Yeah, she's like she's been in AEW since day one, but she doesn't really wrestle much. And just if she does, her. yeah, on uh, darker elevation. But her character, her and Peter Avalon were the librarians, okay. and all they, they were just. And it was like so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty funny too. No, uh, but it yeah, that geeky. was just a clear, like, all right, let's toss this jobber out here to get L'd on. But no. I mean, I really like where they're headed with this, mm -hmm. which is clearly the outsiders, you know, Tony Storm, Soraya, Ruby Soho's kind of in the middle right now. And then we'll have the no. OGs, Britt and Jamie. Yeah. I imagine Sheeta might end up joining with them. But she mm -hmm. hasn't been seen recently. But I'll be. In, I don't know if we're gonna have this 
like a big multi-woman tag match. You know, you could throw Willow Nightingale in there because she's been on this. Or if we'll have a women's championship match at Revolution, because it seems like they're kind of building towards a big tag right. fiasco of sorts. Because there's not really like a clear challenger right now, unless right. Like Thunder Rosa comes back out of nowhere. But I don't really expect that at this moment. So I'm thinking we're probably headed towards some, whether it's three on three, four on four, five on five. Maybe there's a big stipulation. I don't know if they'd go like full blood and guts, but it'd be nice to see the women get some sort of like big attraction match like that. Yeah. That might be what I think they're setting up here. Yeah, I think that would be good, especially yeah, for the outsiders. Or you know, there would be kind of just a lot of different neat angles for that. And yeah. they're in in AEW rivalries. You know, I think that would be pretty much yeah. Like I think they definitely need something like that too. Yeah, and I mean, the women's division, it's just been getting better and better each week. So it's just nice to have some stories happening and, you know, talent being used in the right ways and having some good matches. So, yep. Yes, sir. Excuse me. Now we go back to MJ. <laughs> this was quite interesting. Uh, yep. He's back with Lexi Nair and talking about, uh, you know, he had blood all over his tape after beating up Takeshita and talking about how he's a scumbag and you know that, tells... that story he told was was pretty uh was pretty entertaining <laughs> i'm you know, guessing that was uh fabricated entirely but oh yeah. i'm sure it was but i yeah. mean like honestly he had me for a few loops because he talked about like oh yeah here's a big disappointment of mine or yeah. i forgot what the angle was like like it was supposed to be like a failure of his yeah but yeah at multiple points i kind of thought like what's going to be a failure because it's like oh yeah he has to go ask the girl out and she ends up going with him and going with him in his car and you know <laughs> giving him a little roadie and then um yeah, using yeah. The fucking... <laughs> yeah yeah he did that whole thing and then um and then they get in a wreck, and I thought she was, like, going to die, yeah. you know? Because she's, like, down there. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's going to break her neck or something. And then he just, like, left her, like, by the pole or yeah. left her to make it. The well, no, he, think, switched, like, he switched seats. So he's, he's like, I, all I did was move her to the driver's seat, so it made it look like she was driving. Driving, yeah. So, At so 90 just, miles an hour hitting a tree or whatever he's saying. Yeah, yeah, and he took off. So, like, I and thought I'm that sure was. sure MJF came out of that just completely unscathed, you know, oh, hitting imagine. a tree like, at 90 miles miles an hour he's fine to just get up and walk away oh yeah like like his version of it for sure no i i i thought it was great because there were multiple points where i kind of thought like where's this gonna go and then it kind of turned into like an extra shitty thing so credit to him for you know having a nice unique and subversive kind of story to tell there he basically tied it up by saying you know tonight i'll expose brian danielson he'll never come close to holding the title. Yes, Brian, I am a scumbag and I'm damn proud of it. And then yeah, Excalibur called him the worst person in the world. <laughs> worst person in the also world. Also caught a lot of headlines that he used the name Liv because mm-hmm. of Liv Morgan. I don't know. I don't think there's any history there, but of course all the fans were just running rampant with that. But yeah. I'm sure he was probably just doing that as because I think she's from like New York, New Jersey area and yeah. Who knows? They're probably friends. But anyway, yeah. that was something that people were talking about. So right. Whatever. Um, okay. Then we had the Garcia, the Garcia Guevara gauntlet, which this was just a big old plot match, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, this was the <laughs> Defi- de- textbook definite or what was that? textbook definition connotation standard issue stand- yes. standard issue for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah again, just just oh, kind of ahead. like really just you know basic and silly and we just need it for it to get to this certain point yes. um but you know there are some you know 
decent enough touches to it. I thought Jericho sure. as the guy in the man, you know, yeah. mask there with the scissor me daddy stuff. Which you apparently know, like, he said he got in that seat like 15 minutes before the show even started. So like wow. we're coming close to like I don't know we're probably like forty or so minutes in so he's probably in that seat for an hour. Oh yeah, just no like hiding in he, there. No one knew who he was. And I thought it was cool he was wearing the acclaim, the scissor yeah. daddy stuff yeah. because like that's clearly the most popular. Like it made him seem like just an for average, sure. just kind of fan for there. Sure. And but, yeah, obviously I that... once it happened, I mean he hit him with the Judas effect. But the yeah. announcers are still like, "What? Who is that? Is that just a fan?" It's like, the, okay, no. come, on, come on, guys. guys. We you know, all you... know what's going on here you don't yeah, have to yeah. play it up. you know you um, know but yeah obviously starks you know he dispatched of um cool hand Ange pretty quickly and then i thought it was really funny like pretty much immediately rolled up daddy magic matt menard and he lost and he went insane with all his crazy facial expressions and everything and yeah i thought the the garcia stark stuff was good i mean it was only a few minutes but Mm -hmm. um they're going to be having a match this i believe this wednesday on dynamite just those two one-on-one so that should be uh definitely something to look out for but um sure yeah obviously um yeah i know that was pretty much it but yeah Yeah, like i said earlier i think i think they've got to be building towards a pay-per-view match here. Right. I mean, right. And I think they just got to get through these plot match lumps, you know, to get there. Cause yeah, you know, this was, this was fun, but again, you know, just kind of from a wrestling perspective compared to the other stuff on the show. It was more, it's more of an angle than a angle. Match, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good then way of putting it. We had just a quick promo from the acclaimed backstage and Billy Gunn told them that he was not going to be with them. He's going to stay in the back. So, this to me told me like, okay, I, he might turn on them and help his sons win the belts. We'll save the thoughts for then. But I figure I thought something fishy would might have been happening after this promo. Yeah. And then we this was pretty strange. We cut to like Danielson in the trainer's room with Renee and Takeshta, and they're all kind of just standing there, and then all of a sudden the door slams and, and they're like, what, what do we do? <laughs> But uh, clear, you heard someone say Pero, which that's uh, now uh, Preston's name. And uh, I think it was obviously Jose and Preston and Roosh and the goons doing it. Mm-hmm. But clearly the intent was, or MJF behind it, but the intent was, okay, he's not here. Start the match. He's going to get counted out and lose and not be able to go to Revolution. So yeah. just one final roadblock before the roadblock, I guess. But he's able to get out, and he makes it down to the ring, what, with a few seconds to spare because yeah. Aubrey Edwards did start to count. Um, but, yeah, man, once this started, holy shit. Yeah. This was yeah. uh, bloody right out of the gate and no. very, very intense and probably Roosh's best match since coming to AEW. Yeah, I hadn't seen too I mean, much of him. I'd but say yeah, definitely. Was extremely he had a really good yeah. one against Mox for the title. Maybe one other, but yeah, this one took the cake. I mean, that guy's a he's a bad motherfucker. And his he, he hits with purpose and he moves with purpose and uh he's a he's a vicious boy, is Rouge. But yeah, I thought this was amazing. Yeah, no, I did too. I mean, match like, match of the night for me. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, like especially like coming out of like the shenanigans and stuff with the lock door, like this just kind of you know, with all the goofy stuff, like really just took it up a notch. Yeah. Yeah, um, MJF on commentary was fun because obviously, you know, he's talking the whole time. Like, there's no issue here. You know, uh, Roosh is going to win. We're fine. 
even when Brian hit the Basico knee, the running knee, and MJ or Rouge kicked out of it, which doesn't happen too often, but it does happen. That MJF's like, it's okay, we're fine, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of big strikes in this. They had the headbutt sequence where they're both. I mean, obviously they were using their hands, but they were both headbutting mm-hmm. each other. Was cool. Yeah, yeah lot, again, lots of big suplexes. Um, and yeah, Brian kind of countered a suplex, flipped out, and hit that running knee for the win, but. Man, he really had to earn this one. Roosh beat the piss out of him. He and did, yeah. What a string of matches for Danielson, though. I mean, oh yeah, for this build up for uh, the I had with three MJF. of his matches at four and a half stars, and all of them are on that cusp of four seven five. The mm-hmm. this one, the Bandito one, and the Takeshita one, all mm-hmm. amazing. The Thatcher yeah. one was still very solid. Mm-hmm. I was like four stars on that. I feel like I'm missing one more, but um, yeah, he's time and time again, Danielson proves that even at this point in his career, he is still easily one of the best. Oh yeah. And it's not like these are like a card guys from AEW, but these are guys who like are a, he's like, you know, really getting these guys into really good matches. Correct. And be making the most out of it. It's been making them like all of these guys that have lost to him have come out looking great. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, like it's definitely been the best of both worlds for both of them. You know, I'm kind of glad they didn't, you know, it almost like, for me, like, you know, like, I'm kind of glad they did that, except uh, instead of against, like, big headliners. But who's next for him anyways? Or, no, he got the no, match. He got it. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's official it. now, yeah. baby. But it, so, so, so I guess it's just going to be all talk until, uh, until I would, then. So that's I would exciting. presume, yeah. That's yeah. that's one reason why I thought maybe there's a slight chance Takeshita would win because there's still three weeks before Revolution, and you right. could have had him do a title defense against Takeshita before then but obviously totally makes sense that you know we're here and now yeah Yeah. now now they're going to be talking and still I'm sure there will be brawls and whatnot ahead of this but yeah I think it's going to be a good build make sure they're both super healthy and stuff for this yeah yeah it's probably pretty important yeah they're going to have to go for a long time um, but then, yeah, after the match, MJF gets up off commentary and God love him limping down there, still selling that knee. Um, and he then clocks Brian with the diamond ring, puts him in the salt of the earth and uh, security comes out um, and breaks them apart. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. Buckle let's up, baby. There we go. You know what's interesting? Doesn't it kind of feel like Brian is not really part of Blackpool Combat Club? No, no, not at all. Like they haven't been coming out defending him for this or anything. You know, I know he recently had like a tag match with Claudio within the last mm-hmm. month. But yeah, it's like he just seems so distant from them since all the regal shit happened. Oh yeah. Know? Well, well, that I don't think you need a. A face going against MGF, M- MGF, MJF, MGF, MGF with a stable of guys. Maxwell Gabriel Friedman. Friedman yeah, just a... MGF. MGF. That's a good MGF. But, uh, but yeah, like he, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think it's good to just not have a stable of guys to go against MJ- MGF, who's by himself. That was you know what? I was trying I'm going to gonna bring this up now just because it just hit me, but what do you think about your boy Paul White uh, trying to make his oh, return yeah. to the ring? Please do. I hope they give him the, the popcorn match revolution. Again. Oh, God. Big, big spot for the big man. We still need to see that rematch against QT, goddamn. Oh, dude, I hope so. Like, <laughs> maybe that'll headline the pre-show or the oh. buy-in. That'd be so tight. 
so then we had uh two of the impractical jokers backstage i forget who's who but uh Mur had, murray yeah. i know murray's the little short one yeah you they know. had chris jericho's bat and i guess he was on jericho was on impractical jokers thursday and I told you on Friday on Rampage, did you see them get their ass I, I, beat by I, him? I, I, I did not. I did it was not. brief, mm -hmm. and you can watch it. But pretty much they came out with the bat, those two guys, and they're talking mm -hmm. shit about Jericho. And then all of a sudden the jazz all comes out, and they put him through a table. So, like, really? these guys actually, like, one of them was laying on the table, and one of them got powerbombed on top of the other. But yeah. kudos to them for doing it. And, I yeah. mean, with as much as we've kind of – I don't want to say we've talked shit because like Impractical Jokers isn't that bad, but like obviously early on in our show and we were doing all the Turner, Turner stuff, stuff, it was yeah. uh, clearly a butt of uh, a lot of jokes, but it those was. guys are pretty solid overall. I think. Sure. But yeah. Easy to make fun of, especially mm -hmm. in our early days, but uh, mm -hmm. it's funny. I, I think it's now on TBS and true TV though. Like they're oh, listing wow. so, like, both networks. So they've, they have surpassed the true tv i mean they, they were the they, tent poles as we know they were they were the tent pole of that but now they're you know now they're they're, now they're the stakes of yeah, TV. They, yeah they've transcended turner they took cody's you know. spot they, they did they did yeah they, they, they fucking booted him from that quick of it didn't they roads yeah. to the top yep and go uh, big shows go big shows still around no i think that i think it's i don't think so i think they did that second season with t-pain instead of snoop dog and yeah i think it's cash yeah. What uh, a run. Yeah, I don't think they said anything <laughs> about it. But, yeah, I can't imagine Cody will be back. So, Okay, so then we follow that awesome match with another time for the AEW World Trios Championships. Yes. The Elite defending against Top Flight and AR Fox. And this is coming off um, Top Flight upsetting the Young Bucks in tag team action, I think, a couple weeks ago or something. But, um yeah, this was awesome. I mean, it took, you know, uh, this was similar to that um, NXT halftime heat match we talked about. Just six guys that can, that are all crazy athletic and put them together and it's going to be entertaining. And I, mm -hmm. you know, multiple times down the stretch, there were some near falls for Fox and top flight and AR Fox yeah. yet again looked amazing. I mean, that mm -hmm. guy is just very unique at what he can do. I love how he does that like inverted 450 to the outside. Just so many cool moves. He and Kenny had an awesome sequence down the stretch. He even did that the John Silver counter out of the one wing oh, angel. Oh yeah, he did. Like like not it's not really a counter, it's like a flip out. Yeah, it's like a roll up essentially. I thought Silver's was a little better and especially cuz it was the first time I'd ever remembered seeing it, but again, still pretty cool here. And he ended up winning it with a roll-up. He didn't end up hitting the move. But, um, yeah, just great shit here. I agree. Yeah, no, I thought this was – I mean, you know, I love these guys. You know, the, the top, I think – I don't know. I really like, you know, just sort of the elite and just where they're at, yeah. you know, with this whole thing. You know, I think they're kind of just doing the, the best thing they can do right now. And they're kind of like sort of headlining the high-flying, you know, aspect of AEW. You know, yeah. it's not necessarily, Fast like, involved pace. in the title mix. But I yeah. feel like you're, you're getting more interesting matches out of this sometimes. You know, you're not right having now. to fight, like, Moxley or MJF or guys who are kind of a bit more grounded um, wrestlers. You get to, you know, fight the real flippy guys. And I think, you know, this, Lucha Bros, all that, you know, it's awesome. Which we still have yet to see the Death Triangle since they lost the best of seven. So that's mm -hmm. something to keep an eye out on. Obviously, 
they need to go in a different direction of the elite. I'm just saying in general, we haven't seen them. So I'd like to see them back in some, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, maybe we see the Lucha bros go after the tag titles again. And we're going to talk about that here shortly, but uh, I just miss those guys, but yeah, yeah this I, was too. Great. I mean, just again, too many spots to even keep track of, but everyone looked awesome. You know, Nick Jackson, I remember had a few crazy high flying spots. Um, yeah, like you said, the elite are on fire right now with what they're doing with this, and every match is four plus stars and then some. So yes. keep it coming. Hopefully, I mean, I would love to see House of Black, particularly, but a legitimate challenger with some sort of buildup going into Revolution. And that seems to be the one that makes the most sense. Like they haven't come in contact with each other yet. I mean, they've been kind of using House of Black on TV, not every week, but. More and a lot on Rampage, but they've mm-hmm. at least been around and wrecking shit. So, like, let's and we talked about it with Alistair from that match earlier. Like, we need to see that guy. Like, there's we no, do. yeah, he's for still sure, got that, no doubt we about do. it. So, I could imagine like a big pay per view match against the Elite would bring that guy out. And oh yeah, for sure. We know Brody King is fucking awesome. I love him, and Buddy Matthews can rip it up too. We haven't mm-hmm. seen a ton of him, but um, let's make that happen, huh? Yeah, please do. No, I think that would be a great, a awesome opponent. Because you got to think they're that elite. Yeah. The elite have to be defending those belts at revolutions. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that 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 would be such a great spot for that. Yeah, also <coughs> black. Excuse me. Absolutely. Um, okay, then there's Stokely being interviewed by Lexi Nair talking about Hook, and then Hook intimidates him, which I thought was pretty funny he doesn't have much of a voice that carries does he it's just no, really silly, you know, no, you he know, sure know doesn't stokely yeah. does yeah yeah stokely do, yeah you know like he, he he looks good and he you know just you know wrestles i guess pretty all right but yeah you know i guess got some work to do on the mic but we will see yeah okay so we go to our main event which saw the ass boys, the guns, become the new AEW World Tag Team Championships. What do you think about that? Just before we talk about the match, like, did you see, did you think they would win? Did you think this would ever happen? How do you feel about it? Maybe not, like, like I didn't think it would happen now, but it makes sense because they're, like, literally the only heel tag team. That's what you know, and about, like who yeah. who else is going to do it? And they can't just like shoehorn like FTR in there. All of a sudden they have history and there's obviously Billy Gunn there. So I think it's good in, in that respect, um, you know, and I think there's a, a lot of intrigue again. They're not like the best wrestlers. And like I, I assume that maybe the acclaimed are going to get a rematch, you know, at, think, at Revolution. Yeah. yeah you know, I, and just just based on how well they're like. So at least th- this adds some intrigue to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I think the way it went down was not always like super smooth. Um, yeah. You know, so like I think the timing's just strange. Yeah. I So I want to first off say you if you would have said a year ago, I would have said no way the guns ever win it. But, you know, in the last year, I think they've earned this spot like they've been and they've been there since day one. You know, through the pandemic, I've talked about how they were always sitting there front row. Mm-hmm. You know, when the wrestlers were out there, they were always, you know, being involved, cheering. Remember, we like they were even 
one of them like hit, I don't remember. There was some match where they like got they, they, one of them got a big involved. pin. Yeah, yeah. One of them got a big pin. Well, they? I remember that, but separately, like one where they were in the crowd and there was some involvement. But anyway, like they were always there, front and center, every show, being entertaining. Then, you know, like you said, they're not the best wrestlers in the world, but they're not bad. Um, yeah. Clearly, they've got the pedigree with their dad. They both look good. Um, but yeah, I liked it just for the shock value of it. Yeah. Could it have been executed better? Absolutely. But, um, I wasn't upset when it happened. Um, I, so I did, like I said, I did think Billy Gunn was going to turn on them. You know, it yeah, seemed, yeah. yeah that, that, see, I, comp- I agree with that too. I it think seemed like... fairly obvious that he was going to make his way out to the match despite saying he wouldn't, which he did. But then, yeah, he didn't. I can't remember exactly, but he didn't really get involved in any way, did he? No, no, I don't think he did at all. Like, um, not, not just, to my knowledge, because yeah. like I think I think like they didn't they hit him at the end of the match, I or didn't think they? So. Yeah, yeah, they hit him with a chair or something. Um, and I think it's almost a little more interesting because of that, because now it's like you know, now that they have the titles, like you know, I guess there's a bit more reason for him to kind of like jump ship and abandon the acclaimed a little yeah. bit um Which, so yeah, I that's think, the question yeah. now like mm-hmm. where does billy's loyalties lie and we talked about it on text over the show over or before this but like the ending of the show was just very strange because and maybe it was due to that women's match getting cut short but yeah i yeah. think you had said there was like two or three minutes left in the show in the match end seemingly enough time for billy to you know make some move or turn on them or something but it was just like stalling and then they'd show the guns who weren't even like that excited seemingly like i thought i would have wanted to see them like celebrating like little kids yeah yeah, they were just kind of like stone-faced which whatever but then they just had billy hovering behind the acclaim that's like any second he's gonna fucking club them like i i was like certain that was gonna happen Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, then they cut back to the ass boys and they cut back to the ring and he's still there standing awkwardly. And then the show ends. Yeah. I think they yeah. even played the acclaimed music at the they end. Did. They what did. The they, to- they, they totally did. They totally did. Yeah. They totally like, did. They yeah. Lost. Yeah. You should and not then, have your music played to end the show like that. Yeah. And then everyone kind of cheered for him and stuff. Yeah. I thought it was, that it was, was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, like, and yeah. that was the guns moment. Let them have their moment. Like yeah. the acclaimed have had a million moments and they're going to have a million more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm fine with them winning. I thought the execution could have been better. And I thought the finish to the show was very awkward, but I'm excited to see where it goes. And yeah, I mean, it seems like it'll be acclaimed guns at the pay-per-view, which, you know, on paper, it's probably the weakest tag match to happen for the titles at a pay-per-view but hey there is story here there's story yeah. i'm yeah, guessing it'll yeah. probably have some sort of a stipulation because it should you know at yeah. this point and then the billy intrigue will certainly be there as well so mm. yeah i mean this is uh hey they have imprinted their names in aew history and i'm very happy for them yeah no me too i mean like um and i mean like i don't know it's it's just gonna be fun you know the acclaimed are great performers and stuff and you know like like i'm I'm looking forward to how that's gonna turn out uh at the pay-per-view yeah absolutely well hey this has been a nice uh breezy nice breezy little show here uh yes too bad no one got on no it's it's fine but uh Mm -hmm. hey we're back on the youtubes baby check out our youtube page 
Mm-hmm. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Brainbuster Boys. Look at yes. us plugging things. We are, yeah, um, yeah. Buy our Manscaped shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally yeah. up there. Use yeah. BBB at their website. And as we've said, you know, kind of look out for more YouTube content. I'm gonna probably put up um, some of the Phoenix Splash episodes yeah. I've done. We just put out our third one. I think today, if I would assume it's come out by now. But uh, mm-hmm. oh, didn't even mention here since we just talked about it all yesterday. But did you see Jay White lost the loser leaves Japan match? I did. Yeah, I saw. I saw that he lost something. I didn't know what what he lost. So let's at know, least but, talk about this. Yeah, for he, he could have lost his wallet at the store. <laughs> <laughs> My wallet's gone. My wallet's gone. Do you know what that's from? No, <laughs> that's I don't. Morty, no. Morty Seinfeld. <laughs> Uh-huh. There's an episode called The Wallet, and he's in a doctor's office, and he's just like, My wallet's gone. That's just funny. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Jay White lost to Hikaleo, who's the brother of Tama Tonga, in a loser leaves Japan match, starting to fuel speculation that Jay White is headed to WWE. Wow. So it was, uh, that was, it was Saturday. It happened like Saturday overnight. So I told you I worked nine to five, and then I basically came home. Got got some beers and just settled in, and I was just dialed in for that show. So Shingo and Okada main evented Scalebreaker, fucking classic match, mm-hmm. incredible, yeah. second best match of the year behind Kenny Osprey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just needed to mention that uh, Jay White is likely out of his way, out of New Japan, and l- who knows where he's gonna go, but. Frankly, I kind of want to see him in WWE at this point, which I yep. never in a trillion years would have said before seven months ago. But mm-hmm. even at age 30, he's pretty much accomplished everything to accomplish in New Japan. And for a foreign wrestler, as successful as anyone, that includes yep. Kenny Omega. Um, so I, I just think with Triple H and you've got Cody, you've got Seth Rollins, You've got Roman likely losing the belt and maybe taking some time off. So who better than Jay White to just slide into that top heel position? Triple H running things so he can be himself. And I know you haven't seen a ton of Jay White stuff, but you know how big of a fan I am of him. I'd be more intrigued to see him in WWE than anywhere. And just let's talk about AEW. I mean, that's obviously a possibility, but... Just with the roster, yeah, yeah, that, that, that that'd be and almost too much. Just, it? Yeah, like I just don't think he would get the opportunity to flourish in AEW like he would in WWE, which is crazy to think. But I just, I, I, just, he just seems to fit very well into the current day WWE. But yeah. anyway, just wanted to bring that up at least because it's big wrestling news and uh, something to keep our eyes on. Because if he yeah. does go to WWE. You know, since we're kind of dabbling in WWE, I'm sure uh, you'll get to see him a little more. Yeah, yeah. That, no, that'll be exciting, especially against that talent for for damn sure. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, this has been good. Um, we're two more until 100, buddy. And, and uh, everyone stay posted on our plans for yeah. our upcoming episodes and our episode 100. I'm sure there'll be a lot of guests and a lot of surprises. Yes, and we will be living in the same city again very soon. Yeah, yeah. I am making the move from Northern Kentucky to Louisville. Yes, here probably around the time of Revolution. See, around the time of our hundredth episode, which we'll be covering Revolution. Funny how that uh, lined Lined up. up. Yeah, Um, but uh, yeah. So stay tuned for more Brain Buster Boys madness and all things. Yep. Stay. Stay tuned. (laughs) Hold you to it.
Bye bye. Later. Bye bye. Boy. Oh, hang on. The, 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 the dictionary came up again. There we go.